Welcome to the Connectors Podcast, the show that explores the importance of making meaningful connections for personal and professional growth and happiness. We will share how building and recognizing strong connections in life can help you achieve your goals, find fulfillment in your work, and how you can create opportunities to build a purposeful and fulfilling future. Come along for the journey and let's connect. Hey, how are you doing, Jolyn? Hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm excited to be here today. Hey, Julie. Welcome. So glad to have you on the show today. And it's been some time. We've been trying to connect for a while now. So um, I met Julie a little while ago through our friend Sarah Jansel, which we've also had on the show. And she referred you as a wonderful speaking coach and had nothing but great things to say about you. So we connected and uh, found out you also had a podcast. You also have a very successful business. Um, you're a very heart-centric person, and we just thought, great way to connect with you and have you on the show and share you with our audience. So I'd like to uh, introduce Julie today. Julie Menden is a speaker, author, and runs a boutique coaching and training company helping executives, leadership teams, and organizations develop confident leadership, communication, and reach peak performance and potential. Julie is a speaking mentor and founder of the Speak Up, Stand Out Speaker Academy, helping others to find, own, and use their voice to grow their business with speaking. Julie is a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a featured author in the best-selling book, Peak Performance, Mind Tools for Leaders, the host of the It Starts With You podcast, and has been featured in publications such as Forbes, Influence Digest, Authority Magazine, and on various podcasts. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. Man, whenever I hear, and I do the same thing on my podcast, when someone has to like read the bio, you kind of just like want to hide your face while like people are reading it. <laughs> no, let's talk about this stuff. It's exciting. It's achievements. It's like, it's a lot of hard work to get there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, and I guess what brought you to this place to want to help others learn how to use their voice, share their voice, speak their truth. Um, and how do you help them do that? Yeah, it's so funny when you like reflect back on what got you to the place. I feel like I usually start with like, you know, I got this degree in communication and then I worked in corporate. But it's so interesting. Like as you ask the question, I'm like, gosh, this started way before I went to college. So I've always been really passionate about speaking and writing. Like back from the time that I was a kid, I always say I've been doing public speaking since I was a kid because I would always be the one, even when I was younger, I would join these like, you know, 4-H or these programs and I'd be on like the leadership um, committee or I would always be the one offering to do speaking or class project. I was always the one that was doing the speaking. I loved that and something that so many people don't love. So I'm like, that actually came from a long, a long ways before I even realized it. Uh, but I did, I ended up getting a degree in communication, interpersonal communication. So it's always been something I've been really passionate about is how do we communicate and connect with each other? How do we communicate our message in a way that is influencing people and engaging? And so I took that and I worked a couple different places, but really all around leadership development in some way, shape or form. So I ended up working for a large Fortune 500 company in training and development. And I would do a lot of leadership development from new leaders up through executives. Um, I was designing the training, but 
most of my role was facilitating training. So helping people with speaking with confidence, with presentation skills, with influence skills. And I just sort of became obsessed with how do we grow as people in our self-development? How do we grow in our voice and, you know, communicating things? Um, and then I went and got certified as a coach because I really saw this high impact when you connect training people on skills, but then also coaching them to bring out, to like get over what it, what's getting in the way of you actually implementing those skills. And I pivoted and worked in public sector. So in local government and leadership development for a while as I built up my business. And then in 2020, I went out on my own and really went full in on my business where I do keynote speaking and leadership development workshops and training. And then I do coaching and run programs as well. So it's kind of all come full circle. <laughs> Goodness me, you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting how we have um, guests on the show and then we discover that there's this uh, training or learning and development um, past. We've mm -hmm. got so many people in the mm -hmm. um, L&D and training sphere. And yeah, I can, I was resonating with what you were saying about being a youngster at school and being the person that was out there and, and not shy to get on the stage and do stuff. And like, I became a music teacher in middle and high school, and I was always in front and assemblies and, um, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it's fun. I like it. Um, mm -hmm. kind of prefer being behind the microphone now though things yeah. change i guess <laughs> this is an easy way to speak without having an audience that you can yeah. see right <laughs> so your audience is there but they don't hear you till later so yeah. you don't have that same fear i guess yeah um yeah so when you're you meet new people and you're or you go into an environment where you're going to help support training coaching speaking what do you find is sort of a, a common fear amongst people when it comes to speaking in public? I mean, it's still, it's so crazy. I mean, the research is still the same that it is still people's number one fear. And so the first thing I always say is it's okay if you're afraid of speaking in public or whatever that looks like for you, or if you have some anxiety about it, you're not alone. Like we can mm -hmm. be connected in the fact that even people are more afraid of that than death. This, I, I looked it up recently when I led another communication training and it's so it's just this fear and it comes from a lot of different places. So the first thing I always say is like, it's okay if that's a fear of yours, like, let's just acknowledge it and figure out where it came from. For a lot of people, it came from actually from childhood, like standing in front of their class or high school public speaking or college where you felt like maybe your professor like shamed you or you felt like people laughed, whatever it might be. And then you're like carrying that with you into adulthood that you're not a good speaker. And so that's usually the first thing is we just need to address what is that fear and why is it coming up for you? Because here's the thing, when we talk about using your voice and speaking, it means something different for everyone. You know, I work with people who want to do just more of that speaking up for themselves in the workplace, like giving feedback to people or being able to present their ideas better or maybe influence a board of, of something. And then I also help people who want to speak up more on sales calls, you know, entrepreneurs, and they want to do it more on social media. And then obviously people who want to do it for a living, they want to be speakers. So there's all this spectrum. So first you just have to figure out why do you want to get more confident and better at it? And then how do we make it so that it's aligned for you and you can show up authentically to yourself, not like you think you should or like somebody else is. Hmm. 
Yeah, and I it's interesting because I took a um, an improv course in the summertime, and that to me was a little bit scary, just because you're mm -hmm. you know in this environment with a whole bunch of people you've been before, and you have to make a fool of yourself essentially. Um, but it was a really good practice because what was nice is they set the stage, the teacher set the stage for it being number one a safe space, so mm -hmm. that it's a space of you know judgment free zone, and then you know to just dive in and throw it all logic. So I guess I'm just curious, like, it's a little bit different when it comes to public speaking, you potentially may be judged and, you know, people are really paying attention and watching you. And um, I guess, how do you help people kind of work through that? Like, at first I get the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you do to really get people to hone in on what they really want to say and take ownership of that and, and present it in a way that they want to present it? Yeah. And actually, that's so interesting because I, I recommend improv to people, too. It, one of the things there's kind of different ways. There's sort of this speaking on the spot and there's this planful like presentation or speech. So there's kind of those two different things and people either struggle in both or maybe one more than the other. And so the improv definitely can help with that speaking on the spot, having more fun with it, having, you know, that's kind of the someone says, what do you do or how can you help me or what do you speak on or what's your business about or if you're in a corporate environment, you know, what ideas do you have? Like those are like on the spot things and that improv can definitely help. And so some tips around that is, first of all, the idea of just taking a breath and taking a pause. So I find that a lot of people, they feel that anxiousness right away when someone asks them a question. And, you know, you can actually like you feel your like start to, self, start to sweat or your hand shake. You're like, how do I answer this? And so your nervous system is so up. And usually then what happens is you just start rambling. I say like word vomiting all over because you're trying to. And so it's like if you just take a pause and take a breath, just you're actually calming yourself down and you can just take them. And the pause for you feels so much longer than it feels for anybody else. But there is so much power in that pause. If you just take a moment and kind of formulate in your head what you want to say that can be really helpful. And sometimes that might look like, oh, that's such a good question. I really want to put some, you know, thoughtful response into that. Let me get back to you. So it might be one of those, or it might be you just took that pause and now you kind of formulated in your head what you want to say. So that's definitely a thing with sort of on the spot. Now, when it comes to more formal presentations, whether that is pitching ideas, whether that's doing a speech, you know, whatever that is for you, I always say just plan, like practice. The only way that we build confidence, like the muscle of confidence when we're speaking and presenting ourselves to people and really elevating our presence is to practice, 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 practice in front of a mirror, record yourself in front of other people and just build that muscle of it. Mm. I think people underestimate that piece of it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that. And the practice, it's it's not like a repetitive learning the same speech practice which i'm discovering as i'm getting on other podcasts as a guest this time and i'm giving like the message of the connectors and what we're going through and it's got to be relevant for what the person at the other end is listening uh, like wants to take from the conversation or mm -hmm. what they're about so you've always got to be connecting with them and making sure that your message shines through but for their lens and for what they're taking yeah. from it that's such a good point. Yeah, that's one of the other tips I tell people is when you start talking about, you know, the first thing is you have to know your objective. Like, what's my point and why does it matter? And any, you can use that in any situation. What's my point and why does it matter to the people listening? Mm. And then the other thing is you have to know your audience, right? So you might have in your head, well, this is what I want to say. 
well, that's great, but it's not about you. It's about them, mm-hmm. right? So knowing ahead of time, who is your audience? How much do they know about this topic? What, what do they care about? What are they struggling with? So that you can cater your message to them. If you're looking for a podcast that will inspire you to connect with people from all walks of life and various industries, we invite you to join us to listen to our open and transparent discussions where we share our stories, triumphs and challenges and provide ways of connecting with our dynamic guests. Were there any moments where you were starting a new contract or a new position? Like, let's say you went from corporate to public, where you felt like you're, you'd lost your voice or you were challenged in some way? And how did you work with that? Oh, what a good question. That is such a good question. I actually like felt it in my body when you said it, because one of the things I said when I left corporate, so for me, I was this high achiever. I work with a lot of high achievers who are these you know, they, these accolades and we, we get another title or another certification or another achievement. And that was me where it was like, I was giving my all and I was climbing the ladder. I had a new position every year for six years. So it was like every, we joked every spring. I was like, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Until the point that I felt like I had totally lost myself. And so actually one of the things I said when I left and I found myself in this new leadership role was I feel like I've lost myself in all of it. And part of it was my voice because when you get to that place, you start to feel like you're trying to please everybody else. You feel like you're trying to fit in, especially in leadership roles. You know, you, you might be managing peers who who knows how they feel about that, all of these different things. And so I did feel like I lost not just my voice, but I kind of felt like I lost who I was and why I was doing it. And that was a big signal to me of why I decided to make that transition. And then the same thing when I pivoted and I worked in private sector, I'm like, okay, let's see what leadership is like. Let's see what another industry, another company is like. I realized quickly that I had so much more that I wanted to say and so much more that I wanted to help people with that was really stifled by that environment. And I couldn't own my voice and help people in the way that I wanted to. Mm, Yeah. And so you had to make the difficult choice of well, this isn't working for me. That isn't working for me. So let me go out on my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for everybody that's, I always tell, because I work with people in corporate, I work with entrepreneurs, I work with both and neither one is right, wrong, good, bad. It's whatever is aligned for you. But ultimately what I always say is like, if you feel like you're not living in alignment with your values and sometimes that shows up, like you feel like you can't say what you want to say or be who you want to be or have the presence you want to have, then something needs to change. Maybe it's your perspective. Maybe it's an action. Maybe it's a shift. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as like making a change. But if you feel like you're not aligned with things, something's off. And oftentimes that does show up as we're not having the presence or communicating things in the way we want. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. And, you know, I can relate in terms of the corporate environment. And I have felt at times that it's been hard to get your voice heard because there's so many layers and, you know, depends on who you're working with, the type of collaboration in that environment and the culture. And, um, and I just noticed where I've been quiet because over time I just recognized it's really hard to use my voice here or for, or to be heard. Um, so I started a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Found another avenue to do it. Found another avenue to do it. So uh, I still have my day job, and there's aspects of it that I do like, and the people as well. But it 
there is a little bit of a struggle at times. So I can see how people need to like shift that or move it to something else and recreate something. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, so you shared with us, you know, some of the things and tips that you, um, if you're working with somebody or with a group of people, like you say, pause and take a breath. Um, you know, the muscle of confidence is the practice and to keep practicing your speech. How do you help people connect to the audience? So when, you know, you're delivering a really good keynote speech, um, or it's something where you're, you know, want to make an impactful difference in what you've said, like, how do you help people really connect to the audience? Yeah. And that actually starts even before you get in front of them. And so asking more questions, ahead of time to really understand who's in the room. And this goes back to the, you know, Quentin's question from earlier around, you know, meeting, like making your message really meet that audience is even if you have your sort of signature, let's say you are, you have a keynote talk or a workshop and you can keep the core of your message the same. But what I always say is about 10% of that should be maybe a little less should be tweaked to meet the audience where they are. So I always recommend no matter what it is, asking more questions ahead of time to get to know who's in the room. So if the person bringing you in, you know, ask them questions. Hey, what what type of um, people are in the room? What are their roles or positions or businesses? What are they struggling with? You know, what do you want them to walk away with? Like really get, have a lot, instead of, especially if you're pitching yourself to speak to groups, you should be doing less talking about how great you are and what your talk is going to do. And you should be listening more and asking more questions. And then you position yourself to get, oh, what I heard you say is the audience really needs this. I actually have the perfect solution for you. So that's the start. Get more of that information because then when you get in front of them, you can use more specific examples. And then I'll kind of layer in what I said before about practice. The more you practice and the more comfortable and confident you feel in your talk, the less you spend time on stage or in front of them trying to remember exactly what your speech is and you can be more present and in tune with the audience which means looking at body language making a connection with them through eye contact you just get more comfortable and so you have to know the audience ahead of time and then when you're in front of them you connect with them by sharing examples and stories that relates to who they are and what they want and through your nonverbals. so you know making that eye contact with them moving around the stage or in front of the room and so there's a lot of those different techniques that you can do, but actually starts before you even get in front of them. Okay. I know that's a good tip. I wouldn't have thought to check in on who's attending like the audience. I mean, I guess if you would know it was some kind of conference and it was going to be, you know, leaders, emerging leaders or people in a certain specific uh, industry or business, then you would have an idea. But yeah, I guess spending time even with the organizer, facilitators or whoever else is joining so you can find out more about who's going to be there. It's a good tip. Mm. Yeah. And so we know that um, you've done a lot of like work in corporate, in leadership and public, but what's, if we think of you, Julie, now, after all these changes, what's your core message now? Ooh, that's such a good question. So I would say, and it kind of encompasses everything I do. And one of the things I say, I haven't thought about in terms of core message, but I tell people like if I could shake people and tell them something, I always say it's that you are so capable. You're capable of so much more than you think you are. And that's just kind of at the root of everything I do. It's literally why I do what I do is because through getting certified as a coach, through seeing struggles that people have, sure, speaking and, and feeling more confident how you speak is a component of that. But at the core, it's that I want people to really be able to reach their potential and see what they're capable of. And the avenue through which I do that 
is helping them in their, you know, leadership is helping them in using their voice so that they can go after what they really want. Mm. Oh my God, you're a born coach. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And I was going to ask you, well, before I was going to say, how do you connect with the people that you are coaching? So I guess that is one way that in which you would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, this, I love this idea and this, you know, connection, and it's actually such a hot topic right now. I will say, so a lot of the clients that I'm working with in terms of my speaking clients who are looking to bring new talks or things like that, this word connection is I'm hearing it more than ever. And largely it's because people have felt so disconnected from people, you know, social media, we're more connected, but more disconnected than ever you know, all in the statistics, you know, around the the loneliness epidemic that came out from the, um, I think it was the U.S. Surgeon General released that report. Mm -hmm. And so this word connection is just like such a thing right now. And what does that mean for people? And so a lot more people are digging into this. You know, for me, connecting with people and what it looks like to connect is being as real and authentic to me. Like one of the things I say is when you see me on social media or when you see something like that. And then you meet me in person. I want that to be congruent in all of those different places. And that's what I hear from people. A lot of people say, you know, I decided to work with you. They might just follow me on social media. I've never met them in person. And they say, because you just seemed real. And then we talk or we meet and like, oh yeah, that's what I expected. To me, that's what it means to connect with people is you're real in all of these different situations. And it's about how can we serve and help each other, not self-serving and it being just about one person in that yeah you do you have a nice presence to you you come across as very authentic so i like thank you yeah you're welcome i like that a lot it's uh i think most of the people that we have on the show i feel i feel that way about but um we obviously pick good connectors to come on i would say yeah so were there some changes for you i guess like during the pandemic and i know we talk about this a lot but you're right it does kind of circle back to that in human connection component, because obviously we were all went to, to virtual that, that mm-hmm. whole time. Did it change your business a lot? Did you find, and then coming out of it, because I've noticed this thing where people are, have become much more introverted and they're having a hard time getting back out socially still, did that change things in terms of how you worked with people as well? Well, it's so funny is those of us that are in that crazy, like entrepreneur space, I really went full-time in my business during that the pandemic, which I've heard so many people do. So I had started it before it all um, had started and I'd kind of started the business, but I went full time during the midst of it. And my husband also runs a business. So we're, we always joke that we're kind of crazy. We were like all in, but for me, it was like, it's, it's now or never baby. Like, let's do this thing. Uh, And so it was interesting when you go into that, I started my business, you know, with speaking as the one of the forefront things I do. Well, here I am a speaker and we're in the middle of a pandemic where nobody's having events. <laughs> and so for me, it was largely doing things virtual, which I was comfortable with because I had done virtual speaking and training before. And so that obviously looked different. You know, I was doing a lot more of those virtual things. I do work with one-on-one clients virtually anyway. So honestly, that piece didn't really throw me much. Uh, so I think for me, it was mostly just like having to pivot and reframe what it what I looked what it looked like for me to be a speaker at the time where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this with audiences virtually. And then also, I do think it was just trying to figure out how do I make connection with people when I'm not seeing them face to face. 
And I mean, so for me, it was, it was kind of just this idea of like, okay, I got to get used to this. This is just part of it. And I really think it has helped me a lot now and being able to know how to connect with people virtually, but I am seeing the impact for a lot of people, a lot of organizations, people not knowing how to connect with people when they're not in front of a screen because they've been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I noticed this kind of connection is a little bit different. We we've had some people on the show that have said, you know, this is a, a really good connection, even though it's through the computer, it, it, we have a safe environment here. It's very open. We share stories and, but yet I find you take the same platform and you move it to say corporate and you're working through, you're on a meeting together, your team's call and the connection's different. It's, mm -hmm. it's more, I want to say it's cold. It's a little bit more yeah. robotic and it's tactical because you're just trying to get things done. So if it almost feels like at times that human component is removed. Have, have you experienced that as well? Sometimes when you're working mm -hmm. virtually? Yeah, I would say it depends on, yeah, how open people have been to embracing it. And also just in general, in corporate or in work environments, people tend to feel like they need to be a little bit more robotic. And so that's one of the things I always say is like, let's humanize leadership, like, like, like just make it, we're all humans. Let's humanize that we get frustrated. Let's humanize that we have kids crying and dogs barking and, and life happening. And I just think that's a hurdle. I mean, that's trying to change a, a, cult, a big cultural shift of companies. And that just takes a really long time. And you've got people who are less comfortable doing this. You know, you're, you're doing podcasts and your entrepreneurs tend to just use social media more. And when you're in corporate, you don't necessarily do that. Just you don't have built the muscle as much. So I definitely see the difference. And I think it's a large um, opportunity for organizations to think about how do they create more authentic connection, even if it's virtual, because so many more people are working from home or all over with remote work. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen that uh, coming up, especially in the leadership, because I'm doing some leadership training as part of the work contracts that I do right now. And we keep seeing teams uh, uh, or managers that didn't really get much training during the pandemic. And then this remote slash hybrid is continuing. So people still need to reach uh, their teams and be engaged and motivated and all that. But there's still no training coming yeah. from the organizations to help yeah. their managers um, change that from a slightly robotic distance to actually being something more like coaching, which mm -hmm. you're way more comfortable with. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's the thing is people are just kind of just thrown into it and they just had to figure it out. And now it just feels like this other hurdle. People feel like they have to be on all the time or they feel like, you know, it, we also I mean, the staring at a screen is Zoom fatigue. You know, you hear that all of that. Like it's it is hard. If we just think of staring at screens. I think also if we just give each other more grace around and even think differently outside the box of how we could do meetings. I don't know. Could people do walking meetings when they're just on the phone instead of staring at the screen? Can we can we just think of it differently instead of it being like you're either on your video or you're not on your video? So I think it's the training and having like open conversations about it and being a little bit more receptive and also just thinking outside the box of how can we connect with people and it doesn't have to be this or that. Like what's the and? What's the in-between? Mm. You know, that's so true because we had one uh, podcast guest interview and like on the pre-recording interview, he was taking a walk with his dog or something like that. And we were chatting with him and, and he had some great ideas and he was like, 
it's because I'm outside taking a walk. Mm-hmm. Yes, we get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, w- I wish the corporate environment was just a little bit more relaxed. I mean, sometimes we'll get into a meeting and we'll start talking about our dogs and kids for a couple of minutes, which is which is always a nice touch point. But I always find when I go into the office, then I have a little bit better of a, um, a connection with the people there when that happens. And it's more fun to collaborate on projects that way, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Please engage with us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or YouTube. So tell us, Jules, is there something that you're working on right now that you're really excited about that you'd like to share? so many things you couldn't tell from before uh i like to have a lot of different like things in the (laughs) things in the mix i like variety um i would say you know kind of two things so just professionally for me obviously i'm a speaker and so honing my talk getting out there more for bigger events next year one of the key things i talk on is um, newly rebranded talk is unboxing potential where we really talk about how do you get yourself out of this box that we put ourselves in and to really step into your confidence and resilience to grow. And so for me, putting a lot of emphasis for my whole brand on that. And then obviously another big part of my business from the entrepreneur side is helping people with their speaking. And so I have my speaker academy where I help people grow their business through speaking. And we've had so many successes and wins through that. So next year, you know, we've got so many exciting things coming up for that and helping people to either grow their business through speaking or actually step into speaking. And I just find when people start to do that, they just start to open up so much of what's possible for them and what they can do and how they can impact people. So so when you do a speaking event, so say you're enlisted to do a keynote speech, does it depend on who the audience is again and and all those things, what you're going to talk about? Or are you going in with that mindset of, I'm a speaking coach and I'm going to talk about this specifically. Good question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I have at this point, because I've been doing this for a while, I've sort of like a catalog of options. And so I have multiple different keynotes and multiple different workshops and trainings. And so it just depends on the event. Let's just say, you know, a company is coming to me and they want to work on leadership things. Well, then I'm pitching more of a leadership workshop or topic or keynote. Um, if it's an event that's looking for a keynote and again, what I'll do is I always ask questions like what, what's the theme of your event, who's in the audience. And then I can better position myself and say, okay, based on that, this is the talk that would be a good fit for you because I talk to corporate and entrepreneur audiences. It kind of depends. Uh, so, but again, at the root, I would say the most commonly requested talk of mine is based on the chapter of the book that I wrote, which the chapter was change your thoughts, change your life which is really around mindset and high performance. So that's usually the most requested one that I have. And it really serves a lot of different audiences as well. Mm. You know, I was thinking as you were describing the unboxing potential coming up next year, I was thinking that sounds very much like uh, some of the work in the peak performance mind, mindset tools for leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 So mindset's obviously very important for you. Like, mm-hmm. how did you discover that this worked for you. I mean, that's at the root of that was that was literally the question that I asked myself when I worked in corporate and we would see people get personal development or get training or just think of any of us. You know, we read a book 
or we listen to a podcast or we go to an event, what gets in the way of us actually implementing it? And sometimes it's time, right? We've got these external things, but often case it's the mindset and whether we think we're capable of or we're the person that can do that. And so that confidence, I mean, I hear the word confidence from most people. I want to feel more confident. Okay, what does that look like? How does that show up for you? And so mindset was at the root when I got certified as a coach and I understood the science behind it because I use science-based coaching. So based in neuroscience, based Mm -hmm. in, you know, cognitive behavior, based in performance science, it's all based in that science. And I'll bring that out for people to understand what happens in our brains And it's really hard for us to take an external thing that we just learned and execute on it if we've got this internal stuff. So I always say in my coaching, in my speaking, anything I do, I'm always combining the inner work, the mindset work that it takes, and the external thing. So if you want to be a better speaker, I can give you the tools. I can tell you how to write the speech. I can tell you how to position yourself as a speaker. We can talk about what to charge. But if you don't believe that you are the type of person that can get paid to speak. If you don't believe that you are a good speaker, then none of that's going to work. So for me, it's like you need both components in order to be successful in anything that you want to do. Yeah, that holistic view, right? And I I think in the past, we've seen these types of like coaching, training, um, motivational speakers where I feel I felt like their speech was just flat because it felt it was very much um, you know, like a, a gospel type speech, or this is mm-hmm. like, this is what worked for me. And then that's it. And there's none of that. I like that people are using this science-based fact, like these science-based facts, and they're integrating that into um, the work they're doing as well. So I think that's extremely important. Um, we talk a little bit about that on here, like metacognition and, you know, rewiring your brain and mindset is a huge uh, piece of, of that as well. So I can add another piece onto that. And one, of the reasons, <laughs> yeah, please do. one of the reasons we talk about the mindset too, is because for me, it's like a buy-in piece of, you know, when I'm talking about, if you change your thoughts, how you can, you know, change how you show up for some people, they're like, okay, Julie, like, okay. And I'm like, let's look at the science, you know, and we actually talk about how you can rewire your brain. And if you think of the neural connections in your brain and you think of something happens to you, uh, an event happens and you go, this is bad. This isn't good. I'm not good enough. I'm not a good speaker. And you kind of have this fork in the road. And the more that you do that, the more you create more neural connections, which Mm -hmm. becomes that habit Mm -hmm. versus when we talk about, okay, if you want to any new result that you want, you want a new job, you want a new career, you want to become a speaker, whatever that looks like. And what we need to do is we need to change those connections in your brain so that when something happens, you're not saying this is bad or I'm not good. You're going to, okay, this is an opportunity. This is good. You're seeing that. And the more you do that, the more you build those connections. So when I tell people, this isn't just like positive thinking, like I'm just going to think positive because that's superficial. That's not. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about is actually changing your brain to make it easier So especially when I've got to kind of get that buy-in in corporate or with leaders who aren't really so sure about that, but okay, let's look at the science side of this and how if you believe it to be true, your leaders are going to show up more confident, which is going to result in, you know, that whole domino effect. Mm -hmm. And it's working that muscle again. It's kind of like you said, you know, the practicing component. And we were talking about this earlier. We did another recording today and it's like compounding habits, right? So the more you compound something that's positive, it's going to have a more of a positive effect. Mm. And I, I feel, I don't know if it's along the same lines, but I kind of get that sense um, mm-hmm. that it is. So, yeah. yeah. 
And this is a question that we ask everyone on the show. And we would like to know, what is connection for you? Connection for me, connection for me means that you are showing up authentic to you and honoring yourself, what matters to you, what you value, so that you can create deeper relationships with people that's in alignment with that. Like when I think of connection, I think people either see it very superficially or they feel like it's something that is going to take so much work. And I do think it takes work. And at the same time, it's less work if we're showing up authentic to who we are instead of trying to put on a hat of who we think we should be. It's a great answer. I, we love asking yeah. that question just because mm -hmm. everybody says something different. And I always find we there's a lot of value in the perspective of what is connection to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, I would also like to ask you, I find sometimes we go through life, we have all this great experience. We have knowledge that we want to share sometimes with others. And we want people to ask us a certain question. Like we really wish people would ask us, you know, oh, I wish they'd ask me this so that I could share what I know. Is there ever something you wish people would ask you? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. I have to think about that. Is there anything I wish people would ask me? I feel like you, I mean, I feel like you asked, I think the, the thing that I sort of say anyways, is the thing that I wish people would ask, which is just like, what do you want people to know? Like if you could shake people and tell them, like, what do you want people to know? Because I feel like in that answer, you find what matters to people the most. You know, mm -hmm. I ask that of my clients all the time, especially my speaking clients when they're trying to craft a talk or they're trying to craft a message. It's like, if you could just shake, if you could shake me right now, if you could shake somebody, what would you tell them? What would you want to say to them? And there's so much power in that answer. And so for me, you didn't have to ask it before because I kind of said it. <laughs> but I think that's that's probably the thing because I think you really get to the root of what matters to people. Um, yeah, that's a good question, though. I think that's I think that's what I would say. It's mm -hmm. yeah, a good answer. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. And I honestly think it's been a, amazing because we've touched on the voice, authenticity. We've touched on leadership. Um, Using your practice muscle mindset. I really love that part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you talked about your future speaking and courses coming out. And have we got links and stuff for that? Um, I didn't. You, sh you shared with us your uh, podcast link, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, I'm not sure about. Oh, I can, share, I can share a freebie too. Um, I kind of have two options. So I can add, I can both of them are one's a vision funnel and one's more targeted at people who want to do speaking. So it kind of depends on what you think would meet the audience better. Okay. No, I think that. Uh, what maybe, do you feel like? Sorry. Um, maybe, maybe the speaking one I, I'm thinking. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Awesome. So where can our guests get a hold of you, Julie? Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been such a good conversation. Like I said, I think the work that you are doing here in this connection is so important. We're going to see it even exponentially grow and it's just more of a focus for so many different people. And so I love, I love, love, love. Thank you so much for having me on that you're doing this because, and a place that we're more connected to people, we're so much more disconnected and finding ways for people to be authentic. Like that's the thing. It's, it's not just connection for connection, like likes and follows. Mm -hmm. It's authentic, real connection where you feel like you've got a community of people. So mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, and I would say, so places to find me. So obviously I have my podcast. It starts with you. We'll, we'll put a link in there as well. I would love for, for you to come join us over there. 
you know, a lot of what we talk about over there is what I talk about here. It's how do we step into our potential through our leadership, through our mindset and through using our voice. And I do solo kind of quick hit episodes. And then I also bring some amazing guests on as well. You can find me on all the platforms, you know, I'm most active on LinkedIn at Julie Menden, also on Instagram. Instagram, I heavily speak about speaking and how to use speaking and give lots of tools. And so I'm at Julie.Menden there as well. And then I would say the other thing is I'll drop in a free resource for everybody around speaking. So if you are somebody who's looking to do more speaking, I have this roadmap for how to become a paid speaker. And it kind of goes through some of the key milestones if that's something that you feel called to do. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. We spend hours speaking and yes, it is such an important thing to sit down and reflect and to get better at it. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing these. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. And definitely follow Julie on Instagram. I've watched her little videos and I I love what you post. I find you have these really um, sweet messages to share with the world. And even when you're just kind of doing your own thing or you're out for a walk and you're sharing your gratitude. I think that's really powerful and uh, great messages to share with everyone. So yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your voice and being here today and uh, come along for the journey. If you've got a story inside of you, consider pitching it to us, the connectors. Get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms and either Joe or myself, Quinton, will get back to you. So come join us on the show and let's...